Yeah. Start with a nice hack. Some phlegm on the microphone. I put my phlegm on the microphone. Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Craig Moorhead. And I'm Sean Harwell, and this is a podcast where we talk about the movies that uh, slipped by quite a few of us. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, if you want to join the discussion, come find us on Facebook. Uh, You can check us out on Twitter at Never Podcast, or go visit our website, neverheardpodcast.com. That's great. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome, Craig. So today, we are talking about a movie called Buffalo Soldiers, and I'll run down some of the uh, vital... (laughs) (laughs) And I'll uh, run down the the, uh, plot for you here real quick, and... uh, and some of the uh, credits and so on. Let's do that. So this is a this is a 2001 movie starring Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin, uh, Joaquin uh, Ed Harris, Anna Paquin, Paquin, among many others. Uh, uh, um, uh, Scott Glenn. Uh, yeah, Scott Glenn. Can't leave him out. Which is great. Uh, and and the our our IMDb summary today is very short and gives you almost no idea what happens. Uh, a criminal subculture operates among U.S. soldiers stationed in West Germany just before the fall of the Berlin Wall. I don't. I think that's all you need to know. That's generally yeah. That's that's good <laughs> enough to jump into. I guess. So this is a uh, again movie from two thousand one, directed by Gregor Jordan. Has a kind of an interesting little uh, backstory, which I'll tell here at the front of the show. The front story. Uh, so this movie premiered at the Tur- Toronto Film Festival three days before 9-11 happened. And, uh, and apparently it, it premiered there. People were very excited about it. And then when 9-11 happened, the consensus was there's no way they can release this now. And so then it kind of languished for a couple years and was released in 2003 and and uh, even though it had a pretty good reception uh, critically, apparently, but uh, it still still kind of fell off the radar. So, Sean, I'll start with you. That's good. Since you're the only other person here. Well, what were, what were your impressions uh, going into this? What did you know about it? Uh, what were you thinking? Uh, a, I was thinking of the Bob Marley song, um, and you know. I uh, I don't know if that kind of put me in an interesting mood because I don't know that I necessarily like that song. I feel like I've heard it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know what it was. You said it's Joaquin. Um, Joaquin. Joaquin. There you go. So I wasn't positive. Well, I think you told me the year as well. So I'm expecting, okay, this is slightly younger Joaquin and that excites me um, because I think he kind of popped up on my sort of film radar, probably around To Die For, uh, the yeah. Gus Van Zandt movie. I'm sure I saw him in other things before that. I don't necessarily remember him, uh, though. So, yeah, I was kind of psyched to see what this was. I, you know, pull it up on Netflix or whatever. I see this poster. He's standing in front of the American flag, decked out in his, uh, his military attire. Uh, that What does that tagline say there? Steal all that you can steal. Yeah. Um, He's throwing the peace sign. I, I, I did not know what in the world I was in for. It just, it felt off to me. Like, so early on, and I, I never recovered. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry to say that, because I like almost everyone involved, although I did, the first thing I wrote down was, 
can you possibly imagine directing a movie with Joaquin Phoenix, Ed Harris, and Scott Glenn <laughs> and not being the most intimidated person in the world? I, I, oh, would, yeah. I would never agree to do that just because I would be scared <laughs> for my life. Um, and, and they seem super picky about the roles they take and what they want to do with their performances. And like, they're just tough dudes. Like They sure. are scary. Um, so I tip my hat to that. But overall, this is this is the one I'm going to remember. I think so far that I I just did not enjoy. What about you? Uh, Tell me how much did you love it? <laughs> I'm hoping you you liked it better than I did, right? I know where you're coming from. I can't say I had that strong a reaction to it. Good, because um, there was a, there was a lot of stuff in it that I did like, uh, and and you know some of it just felt like two completely different movies. I think so. I will say I kind of like that little opening prologue thing. There's some cool, like, just the shots of him falling. Some of it looked okay. Some of it looked like not the best effects. Little cheapo. Yeah. Yeah. But there was one in particular. This was just, like, it felt like the camera was kind of falling behind him as he's falling through the sky. And you can kind of see the city lights and stuff like that down below. Where I'm like, whoa, what is this thing? Um, But, yeah, then the voiceover. First of all... Is falling in a dream the most cliche thing that a dream could talk? I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. And so I was, I was hoping they would do something a little bit different yeah. with with that. And I don't think right. ultimately it quite panned out. But no. Yeah, that first proper scene is them playing football on the barracks, right? I think you right. you get a big old shot of an American flag, and then you realize that's just painted on the ground, and they're walking across it, they're marching yeah. across it. Basically, at this point in time. They have this uh, incentive to get people into the army, and it's uh, if you're you know you basically get a choice between going to jail for certain things or joining the army, and so it's kind of caused this influx of potential inmates to instead go into the military. Right, and he says, "I know now that prison would have been a lot safer." Right, uh, right, right, right. That's the kind of like big tagline to set you up. Uh, I want to stop just for a second. Yeah. Um, a, did you know? Did you have a sense of what year this was? And did you have a sense that this was Germany in those kind of opening scenes? No. I didn't either. I had Not no in that clue. stuff. Not in that stuff, no. I mean, there's definitely later stuff where it's where it's like, okay, that feels a little... But uh, Well, I mean, it's explicit later, but yeah. Right. I didn't but yeah, know. at first, yeah, you don't kind of know where you are. Like, why not be fortright with that? <laughs> like, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Like, no, you're in Germany. Like, that's that's exciting. That's okay. Like, this is a base in Germany where it's crawling with American felons. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Especially yeah. if you're using voiceover. Why not establish that immediately? Yeah. So, so you, you, you get into the scene in the barracks. You have one guy who's shooting up, and he stashes the heroin somewhere. And then uh, two, a couple other guys are fighting, and... and uh, you know they're they're angry at each other, and for some reason that evolves into an indoor football game mm-hmm. between all these guys. And the, the guy who's just shot up demands to, to to play as well. And there's you know they say sure. There's a play. Joaquin is is sitting there, sort of watching this, or just sitting nearby. And uh, and the, the 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 guy who shot up the junkie is is tackled, hits his head on a table. No one notices, but he's dead now so he's dead no one cares right that's the thing it's not played as oh god this is a tragedy or this is even an accident um 
Like, no one cares yeah. at all, to the point where they, they then throw him out the window and yeah. pretend it was a suicide. I almost missed the fact that the dude had died for a second, because I yeah. was, like, taking notes, and then, and then yeah. And then the tossing the body out the window, you kind of see it from the outside. Um, there's a couple kids just kind of playing in the, uh, on the ground out there, and you see the body fall out. Yeah. And that, again, is like... It just felt unsure, should that be, should we be laughing at this or not? I can see right. where, two things, in the film festival crowd, maybe mm-hmm. that gets laughs, and, and in an audience, it is something that you can kind of collectively, <laughs> on a good night, laugh at. Yeah. Uh, and in a book, I think, which this is based on a novel by Robert O'Connor, sure. um, that might work so much better, so much clearer. Yes. Well, yeah, and you can certainly present it. I could see it being presented in a way that might be a little uh, funnier. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if that's supposed to be a joke, even a dark joke, I don't know that it was set up or that it lands particularly well. Yeah. Like, it's it's more shocking, and and you immediately, it immediately sets you up to dislike all the people in that room. Which... That was very successful. <laughs> yes, yes, boy, it was very successful, and and I don't think, I? <laughs> yeah, there's really not a point where they where they really try to win you back. No, uh, you know, which which is ballsy. Yeah. Well, let me stop you right there then, because okay. uh, I forgot to ask. How did you hear about this? Was this just a number sort of uh, you just stumbled on it on the internet, or? Well, you know, I I think it was kind of. Um, I remember reading a review for this, and it may have been, it may have been from the Toronto Film Festival. Uh-huh. Um, and and I, I just remember that the review was very glowing about it, just just sort of saying that it goes places a lot of movies don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it's that's just always stuck with me. But the movie kind of had kind of faded away. Right. Oh, okay. So, and, and then, and then you find out, uh, either before or after that, you find out, uh, you, you basically learn about m- more of his mm-hmm. cons. And like one big one is that he buys tons of mop and glow through the army and then sells them on the black market to people in Germany. Right. Um, and he, um, I think it's in voiceover, but he does, he does very specifically state there are three things that he likes about Germany, Merce- his Mercedes, uh, the Autobahn, and the black market. Right. Um, and he's definitely taking advantage of all three. <laughs> yes. Uh, to, to continue the, the unlikability of his character, um, he is uh, having sex with the wife of the commander of his base. Uh, who, played by Ed Harris. Ed yep. Harris, who, who's, who's kind of a rube. And and Ugh. loves Elwood, who is oh, Joaquin's character, and just thinks Elwood's great, you know, and just trusts him and all that stuff. And so it's yeah, it's 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 pretty painful. That's probably the softest, like most incompetent character I've ever seen Ed Harris play. Yeah, and it's it's almost by the end of it interesting because of that. <laughs> yes, and and you know, so and then a, another one of the things that uh that Joaquin's doing on the base is he's cooking heroin mm-hmm. for. Uh, a military police sergeant Saad. sergeant yes yeah, sergeant Saad, who that's kind of his worth that that's why he gets to run his black market stuff is because Saad needs him to also cook heroin so he leaves elwood alone to do black market stuff like that it's it's not even just that it was a, a criminal subculture operates among us soldiers <laughs> it seems like that's the entire culture 
So you're in the midst of this, and, and to keep going dark... Let's get darker. Let's get even darker. There are three guys in a tank, all just completely whacked out on heroin. Yep. Who go on this kind of crazy uh, uh, fumbling drill, drive right? through the German countryside. Yeah. Uh, end up stopped by a couple other soldiers who are driving these two big trucks. The guys in the tank end up sort of inter- inadvertently driving over a gas station, over the pumps. There's a huge explosion, killing the, the U.S. military drivers of the two trucks. Just Two people. Essentially innocent bystanders. Blown back and incinerated in a right. huge fireball. <laughs> and the tank drives away. Joaquin yep. and his buddies come on the scene. They look at the dead, the guys who just became corpses about ten minutes ago, and say, we should steal these trucks. Because there's a because, yeah. buttload of weapons and ammo on the back of them, which they can sell for millions Full of and retire. Exactly. And so, yeah, yet again, it's just like, like <clears throat> life means nothing. It's sort of this nihilist thing. And I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to piece together a lot of, a lot of this. I mean, I guess like some of the, you know, you do see a bit of a parallel with Scott Glenn's character. We talked about it a little bit as this like really disgruntled uh, Vietnam vet who has really sort of no, um, you know, sees life as having no significance maybe other than his daughters. But right. um, I mean, I guess that's the, 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 the like sort of metaphorical playground that they're, they're dealing with is like, well, it's the military. Um, clearly, you know, these people aren't signing up to, to, you know, you know, extend the life of, of something they're being trained to kill. Like, you know, sure. so is it really fair for us to sit here and criticize these guys that look at, you know, a, a dead body and toss it out the window as anything other than kind of maybe what they've been trained to do or what they signed up for. Sure. And yet, <laughs> Boy, is that hard to hang your hat on as far as like any sort of uh, entertainment value, I guess. <laughs> it really is. It yeah. really is. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly a very specific type of entertainment. Yeah. And you don't want to... You're not investing yourself in this character. Mm-mm. It's not something where you hope he gets what he wants. Um. So it's you know it's it's there there is you are sort of removed a little bit from from the from the story. Yeah, I was even thinking about like something like Fight Club a little bit, where you know yeah, there is just like this pervasive cynicism, um, and I, and just thinking about like having characters. I mean, I, I certainly don't require a likable character to be right. interested in something, but I feel like I want to be at least like more invested and excited about watching them fall or fail um, when they're that kind of guy. And this, yeah, I just, I had a hard time making that connection. Um, I do want to talk about a little bit just because you mentioned stripes, like that scene with the guys in the tank where they kind of, yeah, go off, (laughs) yeah, off the countryside hill from their drill that they're doing with the other tanks into this town, and th- yeah, that's where you get the moment like, oh, they're running over the tables at the outside like beer garden, right? And then next thing you know, there's two punks in a in a Volkswagen Beetle, and look out, here comes the tank, and it squashes yeah. the Volkswagen Beetle, and like that stuff, yeah, like in another like if they weren't high out of their gourds on heroin, which you know has just killed somebody, yeah, like it would be kind of funny, like even the fact right. that they are high. Well, here's another, the thing, yeah, like, I don't know. If that if if they were just smoking weed in there, yes, 
hilarious. Suddenly we're in a hilarious <laughs> comedy. Yeah. Well, if, <laughs> and yeah. if they if it hadn't ended with them blowing up and killing and two killing people, completely right. innocent people. Right. Um, and then the kicker of that scene, the punchline, of course, is that not only does the tank roll away, it rolls right back into the place where they were supposed to be to complete the military exercise. Right. And the guys on the radio are like, all right, uh, over and out, good job. You know, And that, to me, like I get it. Like That, I think, is the criticism that they're making maybe against the military. But there is absolutely no oversight whatsoever by anybody in yeah. this movie. Like I just kept thinking, it was like, how the hell are they rolling through this town and nobody seems to know? Yeah, like, you know, or or coming out, and there really seems to be no fallout from this whatsoever. Right. You know. Um, yeah. Well, and and that was that was something my, my my wife also raised at that point, which was yeah, it's like, how did a gas station blow up, and and we're never going to hear about that again? Can you imagine how outraged that town would be against oh, yeah. the U.S. I mean, like, come on, like, it's it's amazing, and so that yeah, it's it's a bit of a. That you know, they're definitely playing like in that satirical world, but um, it, it's it's really it's it's just hard to sort of pick up and go with that dichotomy between this really really super duper serious dark stuff and those kind of moments of satirical high comedy. Yeah, because it just it didn't feel like I should be laughing at it, even when I'm like you recognizing that in a different slightly different you change one thing you change the drug to the to marijuana and suddenly it's 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 funny that's okay yeah exactly anyway that was probably the last moment of comedy in the movie too right i don't know because then that's pretty early on somehow well because so yeah so so they steal all that all those weapons and the whole idea is to sell it and they go and they they set up you know, a, a a way to sell them to this guy, and the guy will only buy them with opium, and so they're going to take all the opium, and they're going to cook that into heroin and sell that and give him the weapons. And then around this time, Scott Glenn shows up, yep. and somehow the whole movie becomes even darker than it was to begin with, because now Scott Glenn is there, and Scott Glenn can immediately tell that these guys are conning the shit out of everybody. Yeah, so Anna Paquin, uh, Anna Paquin, um, thank you, shows up, mm-hmm. and she is the daughter, of course, of, of Scott Glenn's character, right. who is now he's like they keep calling him Top. Like I think he's a Sergeant. Actually, I think his character's name is Robert E. Lee, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, First he's Sergeant like, Robert E. Lee. Yeah. yeah. So, um, obviously, he's a big to do. Um, and then she is kind of introduced at the barracks swimming pool. She's on the high platform, does an awesome little perfect dive into the water. She comes outside. Her car won't start. There's Joaquin to help her get her car started. And uh, A, like he just pops the hood and touches one thing and like suddenly it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's another thing. I was just like, well, what is it? What the heck is he doing? But of course, like this is where. Well, wait a second. Was that a con though? I, maybe he did. It could have been. Like, did he like I'll, pull? Yeah, like you're probably plug? right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're right. Okay. Did they show that? I, I honestly don't remember. Like I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the scene, and it's just occurring to me now that maybe that was just his whole. He probably setup. would have. I mean, yeah. it would make more sense. Okay, forget everything I just said. He's yeah. a perfectly nice dude. He knows what he's doing. He's in total control. <laughs> um, he's a manipulator. But this is like they start talking about, and so I'm just like, well, that's kind of weird. Why? Like, 
you introduce this girl as diving. It's not done in a way where it's like Phoebe Cates on a diving board in Fast Times at Richmond. It's not like right. she's being played as super sexy no. uh, in this. It's like there, it's, it's just like she's an Olympic diver, right? But the whole point of that then is is sort of I think it's revealed in that conversation they have where she's talking about diving and he's like, well, you, you know, you wouldn't get me up there or whatever, and she's yeah. like, well, it's fun. It's like falling is fun, and then it's like, oh yeah, okay, this is okay. Yeah. That that's where that opening dream, like somehow this is going to. Here comes our theme, yeah. But it, it felt writerly to me, like you know, at that point. Yes. I don't know. Again, I'm well, like, <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely say that there were here. there were definitely places in the story where it was like, okay, that feels like a book. Yeah. That, that part feels like it just came right out of a book. Uh, and and yeah, pro- that'd be great if you were reading the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were definitely places where it just felt like, eh. But so, like, what and what you were talking about earlier, I think that's kind of like right after this is sort of where that kicks off. Like, I, I think this is what you're saying. I totally got the feel like it seems like the movie shifts to becoming, uh oh, this is going to be about Joaquin and Scott Glenn now going head to head. Like, um, and he's he's going to date this guy's daughter just yeah. to piss him off, and the, the Scott Glenn's going to do everything he can to piss Joaquin off. It's yeah. a weird turn. Like, yeah, it definitely was a weird. Well, and it's and it it also continues a thing that I think also goes throughout the entire movie, where it seems to continually set up situations that you would see in any comedy, like uh-huh, like it, sure. it set up the exact kind of situations that you would just see in like a straight goofball comedy, um, but then it never becomes goofball because it it, it just stays deadly serious, which is interesting to me. Um, I mean, the, the whole setup that he would see, oh, what a, what a beautiful girl there in the pool. Oh, that's the daughter of your nemesis, you know, and like, oh, yep. okay. Then it's a rivalry. You know, you could see a totally different uh, movie coming out of that. But, I mean, Scott Glenn is never less than 100% serious. He never ends oh, up with God, a pie in his yeah. face. <laughs> no. Uh, he is super pissed. And, uh, you know, the, the, the night that Joaquin takes her out, he ends up, well, they, they take some ecstasy. They end up doing it in her car outside the house, and and Scott Glenn watches from the window, yeah, silently <laughs> fuming. And this is after after um, he already followed them in the in his car. Yeah. And then that, I did think it was hilarious when he tried to get into the nightclub that they went into, and like <laughs> these German bouncers won't let him in basically because he's got white sneakers on. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I that I I like like uh, Scott Glenn and jeans and white sneakers being denied entrance to a German dance club. I'm all about like yes, yeah. some of that. That's just true to life. Yeah, but uh, I guess we should say though. I think a little bit prior to this, um, one of the first things that Scott Glenn did to mess with Joaquin was. He not only cleaned out Joaquin's room of all the crap that he had brought into the base from the black market, like the, that he's not supposed to have a TV, he had like a couch. I mean, it's like a basically like a little bachelor's lounge that he had going on in his room. Yeah. And assigns him a roommate in the, the form of, I think the guy's name is Private Knoll. Um, the scene starts out with uh, Joaquin treating him really nicely. Yeah. You know, when he's just processing the papers and doesn't know that this guy is supposed to be his roommate, he's he seems like he seems nicer than Somewhat I would even expect Greg. him to be. And, and also I realize like, part of that may just be because, well, if I'm friends with everybody, like I have to put on the demeanor of being friends with everybody so that I can, you know, everyone's a customer or something, you know, and maybe that's what it is. But but he's like, whenever the 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 guy is like, hey, and I, I came here to be with my 
you know, my sweetheart or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's that's very sweet. It's like, really? Like, Elwood is saying that's sweet? He tossed a dead guy out of a window a little while ago. I did not know he didn't. He didn't say that was sweet, did he? Yes, he did. He oh was my like, God. He was like, see, oh, I was sweet. like, no, because he was going, because this, this poor private Noel kept saying, calling him sir. And he was like, you're going to call me sir. I'm not, you know, and all this. T- like, I thought he was still just being kind of a, like a prick to him or whatever. I was like, just sit down, like, relax. You don't have to stand at attention, right? You know? <laughs> I feel like he wasn't mad until, he wasn't like terrible until it was right. said that he was going to be roommates. I think this is all reflective of how mad I personally was at Joaquin. At this point <laughs> in the movie. But let's, let's, Complete talking about um, the Scott Glenn Joaquin head to head. You know, there's a bit where Scott Glenn basically pulls Joaquin's Mercedes out onto the firing range and has all the guys like open fire on it, including Joaquin. Basically, yeah. destroys this thing that he loves, the Mercedes. Anna Paquin is like, you know, no, Joaquin, you, you must have done something. My dad doesn't just get. I mean, he gets pissed off at guys, sure, but like he wants to kill you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of like that whole thing was kind of interesting too, because like, it definitely seems like this girl knows that her dad is not a good dude. Right. And yet, I mean, it's like, she's kind of either okay with that or she, she's not really doing anything to stop Joaquin from seeing her or she's not stopping seeing him herself, which in a sense, I kind of like because uh, these two people aren't necessarily in love. Like, you know, if they right. had tried to paint like that, oh, these, these, oh, these, here's this, this girl that's going to change Joaquin because right. he suddenly fought. That would have been bullshit from, you know, words go to the end. Yes. Although you have that, that scene between Joaquin and Stoney in the cafeteria where Joaquin is saying that he thinks he loves her. I know he says that, but he doesn't mean it, Craig. Come but why on. would he say that to Stoney? Because <laughs> he's on heroin. No, he's not on heroin. We should, I guess we should point that out. Like, he, yeah. I don't think he does it himself. But, uh, well, like, I was kind of I, looking at it. He says like, it, but come on. What does he know about love? Well, I mean, he, 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 he blows up the Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he ends up, uh, he, he has the biggest gun out there on the range, Joaquin yes. does. And so he ends up being the one who kind of gives the Mercedes the kill shot and just blowing it up, kind of in spite, you know, knowing that. Oh, it's definitely Glenn just wants to yeah. see him shoot his own car and knows how much it means to him. And so there's a little bit of me that I was thinking, well, is he kind of letting go of that persona then? Is he is is that symbolic of him sort of like, okay, you know. It was an ugly car, let's be honest. It was an awful car. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, what about this? How awesome would it have been if he had just turned and shot Scott Glenn to death, right? Right. <laughs> and, and really, you could have. either one could have happened. Yeah, that and that point. would have been pretty symbolic. That would have been <laughs> a little more straightforward. I think, you know, I think that was maybe, maybe, maybe. I think that's maybe, yeah, it's a bit of the crumbling of Joaquin's castle, for sure. Right. Um, of the three things that he loves about Germany. That's, you're taking one out right there mm-hmm. in a very fun way, I thought. And, th- and then we get some some story with Colonel Berman, who is Ed Harris. You know, he's discovered that 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 he's related to somebody named the Iron Boar, some somebody who's supposed to be an important military, a Civil War general from back in the day, and he's going to use this story to impress a higher up at this party to try and get a, a promotion. And it's like his wife is the one who's like totally pushing him on it, right? Because the wife has charged the whole party. The party was the wife's idea, right? And she asked Joaquin to get decorations for it, I guess. Yeah, so they show up and like Joaquin's in the in the uh, in the soldiers. You, you know what is it? Uh, is he wearing? He's wearing the blue, I think. Uh, yeah. And um, Dean Stockwell, my man from Quantum Leap, is Quantum Leap is the guy, the general 
uh, that Colonel Borman, Bearman, Berman, whatever his, Ed Harris's name is, is trying. I mean, yeah, everything. Like anytime you have a character, an adult practicing an anecdote in a mirror. I got to, pro- I, you know, unless you're like giving the state of union address, like I don't yeah. buy it. I just don't buy it. Well, I'll defend that moment. Actually. I, I totally buy that. He is that bad at social interaction and that scared of sounding like an idiot that he's actually practicing telling this story. And in the process, sounding like an idiot. I sound like an idiot, but he, but I mean, but he sounds like an idiot. Everything he does for the entire movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, I, I, I bought that. Okay. And it does set up, you know, how badly he tells it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I love the fact that when he tells it to the mirror and when he tells it to the the general, both times it doesn't sound in the least bit convincing. No, not at all. Like it's 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 a man who does not care about being related to any civil war, anybody is just trying to get a promotion because his wife is pushing him to get a promotion and otherwise like does not care. He he is just trying to perform. He is not an actor, but he is not strong enough to tell people no. Um I think I and, you know, man, I swear, I feel like that whole character would have been funnier if he had just been falsely confident. Maybe maybe that's the angle that that would have made me a little bit happier, Craig. Maybe so. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that note to Ed Harris. Get a note. We'll get that to Gregor Jordan and, and some of these folks. <laughs> yeah. See if they can just tweak it a little bit. I think bit. we could do. Yeah. Like revisit this. But yeah. So so we're at the we're at this uh, Civil War party. Robert E. Lee and his daughter come in. The general loves this guy for some reason. Ah, uh, who doesn't? And uh, right. And then so Robert E. Lee comes over to the 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 punch table where Joaquin is with his friend Stoney, an African-American fellow, mm-hmm. also dressed as a Civil War soldier, a Buffalo soldier, perhaps, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, there's a confrontation here at the punch table at this Civil War uh, party. Mm-hmm. Robert E. Lee comes up, and you know Joaquin makes some comments, and Lee makes some comments. I can't remember what those comments are, to be honest. The only thing I remember is what he says to Stoney. Yeah. Boy, you know... You must get tired of getting fucked by all these white guys yeah, or something like uh-huh. that. And Stoney's not too happy about that. And then he says, uh, you're not a coward like Elwood. Yep. Like you're the kind of guy who gets all the medals and walks away. Now, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's not long after this into the Stoney character. Yes. Um, because uh, we find out that the, I guess, normal package of heroin that uh, the military police chief Saad was supposed to pick up was not where it should have been, right? right. And so, uh, obviously, that's a big problem. Saad literally threatens to kill Elwood if if that happens again, I guess, or if it's yes. not found. Um, and so, not long after that Civil War scene, I think Stoney goes to look for it and opens up a what looks like a supply closet, basically, or a locker yeah. of some sort. Uh, gets blown up, straight up blown yeah. up, like uh, and sort of revealed that there was, I think, a grenade. I wasn't quite sure how they rigged it, but they rigged it somehow so that by opening the door, they pulled the pin on the grenade because you see like the grenade hanging on a string, and you get that moment like yeah. where he realizes he's going to die. Basically, right. um, the people that get blown up and blown backwards in this movie, like it's, I thought it was done pretty well. Like it's kind it of like a number of times, yeah. yeah, it's kind of visceral and uh, some good, I guess, effects work on that on that front for sure. Uh, I was confused about that 
un- until the end about that whole sequence. Absolutely. Uh, I remember thinking that Stoney was walking onto the hall where Joaquin was for some reason. Like we had just left a scene with Joaquin in his room or something and Stoney was walking uh, you know, into his hall or something. I-, I-, I couldn't figure that out. I think actually that was following the scene where Joaquin comes back to find out that his roommate, Private Noel, had been beaten up. That's right. Noel was beaten up during the Civil War party. And, I, and so Noel was just walking across the base by himself. Right. So I, I was a little confused why they were beating him up. And then well, I, it seemed like it's it seemed like a turf thing. Yeah. It seemed like you don't walk through this part of the base Which at so, night. So weird like yeah. and just again it was just like And I bought that. And and it actually yeah. was in, it was very interesting to think about things that way because I yeah. I would assume if you're on an army base you're about as safe as you can be. I know. And that's like, like is that really what happens? Does it just become like a little city and it's, there are it's, bad parts and there are good parts? The whole thing, like now that I'm thinking about it and that I mentioned Shawshank, I mean, it feels like a prison movie in a lot of ways. Like, yes. you know, we should have done this with start up back to back and just had a drink yourself to yeah. death party. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> well, and I think there should be a lot of parallels. because yeah. I think that's what they're trying to yeah, I think say so. in a lot of it. I think yeah. you're right. Um, but I wanted to, to, briefly just mention another thing that I really liked about that scene when Joaquin does kind of find that Private Noah had been beaten up. And, you know, he's got, his face is extremely bloodied. Uh, It looks like the source is just maybe one particular cut on his cheek. Mm -hmm. Um, Joaquin says, let me help you clean it up. You know, I think that his version of that ends up just being, he puts one Band-Aid on the guy and then asks him if he wants a beer. Uh, (laughs) But I did, I did like the scene. I think it was by, I think it was my favorite one in the movie and i really i this noel guy is played by um i think his name is gabriel Mann, and i don't he was on mad men he had a recurring character i don't remember him that well oh um yeah you know him um yes okay i and i haven't finished watching mad man so it's not quite i thought he's really good i mean he looks a little bit like matthew modine and uh yeah full metal jacket but he he tells this this little just very brief story about like you know he kind of sign up to be in the military you know his dad was in the military and you know every year he has the barbecue with the, the the guys that he served with and you know it's it's his brothers for life like these soldiers friends and the 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 scene accomplishes the feat of of knowing that Noel th- thought it would be that way for him without I think him explicitly saying that if I remember right. correctly I just thought that was a nice touch. I thought he, his performance was good, and I thought Joaquin, yeah, it was like it was really sort of the only moment of like vulnerability um, yes. that you really see from Joaquin. Um, yeah, I will say though, after that though, when you see them again, Noah is a hundred percent on Joaquin's side to the yes. point where he's cooking heroin with them when they have the big cook-off or whatever. You know, basically, after Stoney dies, I think Joaquin goes back to that Turkish arms dealer guy and is trying to call off the drug deal, right? Because right. there's no way well, now he can cook that opium, right? Well, it's it's partially that and partially because where they stashed all, that, all those weapons is now going to be the site of a... Uh, like a, an exercise, a military right, exercise. That's right. And he's like, and it was my impression that he was saying he needed more time or something. Like he wasn't going to be able to get that stuff. He wasn't be able to get the the guns and stuff to him. Uh, on time or or maybe at all. And 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 the guy's like, no, you have to do it. You have to figure out a way 
to do it. And and meanwhile, like where they stash this thing is going to be crawling with soldiers mm-hmm. for who knows how long. I guess I guess it was supposed to be like forty eight hours. hours. Yeah, um, and that was a military exercise that. Ed Harris's character cooks up as a way to prove his worth. Basically, it's you know it's a pissing yeah. contest with the other guy, the marshal yeah. um, g- guy who is also up for that promotion. And so, yeah, Joaquin rigs that drill right, um, and so it basically ends as soon as it begins because uh, the other guys know exactly where Ed Harris's guys are going to be and. I don't know. I, I didn't quite exactly fire the tactical maneuver that was made. Right. But boy, does Ed Harris get his ass handed to him in a humiliating yeah. way, which is the only thing that could have happened. And then right. uh, another scene I liked was after that when he was talking with Joaquin about how, you know, he basically got demoted. Uh, I mean, it's. I, I don't think uh, he said it was forced retirement, but that's, it sort of seems like that would be the only option, which is what he's going to choose. He's going to take his pension. He's going to go buy a vineyard or whatever, which yeah. you just know um, there's probably no way that that colonel character knows how to make wine. All right. So uh, so they're, they're cooking the heroin. There's a scheme that Joaquin has. And he tells Noel about it. Right. And he says, okay, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of food there. It's going to be all meat. And you got to eat it because if you don't eat it, then the fumes will really start to affect you. And we're, it's going to be meat because Saad doesn't eat meat. He's a vegetarian. Right. So we want that guy to, I mean, I don't know, die maybe? I, I honestly don't know what, what the end game there is. Like if you breathe too many of those fumes, you're probably not going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, but but he, he wants to set that up in the very least to incapacitate Saad. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like it was like a, a justifiable payback for all the oh, crap sure. that Saad had. Yeah. Like yeah. what the, the, that this thing that they were setting, yeah, and it's kind of fun. Uh, and then, as you do, Joaquin takes a break and goes and sees his, sees his lady. <laughs> yes. Which I was kind of like, okay, I guess well, you, you would can't, do that in the middle of this. You can't cook heroin like for twelve hours straight without taking a break, man. Right. Uh, <laughs> so he meets he meets uh, Paquin at the pool. pool. They go up on the high dive. You better believe it. He deals with his fear. He ends up jumping off. They end up making out and. Quite frankly, doing it. They do. Uh, it, it, probably in the pool, which is kind of gross. He had his boots on. I'm a person who swims in a, in a Y most you mornings. You don't want to get in that pool. I don't want to think about yeah people doing it. I don't even want to think about people with boots on. There's not enough chlorine in, there, in the world to clean that out. There's yeah. not. There's not. You get, you're going to have to drain that. Not those. Do other, can you imagine how much heroin is in that water in that pool? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, probably the street value of that pool at that point. <laughs> that was the only reason Anna Paquin agreed to have sex with him in the pool was because she was high on heroin yeah, from the That's water. the only reason anyone would. <laughs> um, so, so, yes. So that happens. You go back to the cook. Uh, you, you see on TV that the Berlin Wall is coming down. I think that's when there's a comment about, are we in East or West Germany? Swear like, to no God. No really knows where they are. That was the only moment I realized we were not like in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, I guess I kind of knew that it was, it was going to be set during the Berlin Wall. But yeah, so we, we go back to the pool. Noel comes running in and sees Anna and, uh, and Joaquin... Like laying down there at the pool. Yeah. He stops, doesn't say anything. I think Joaquin kind of sees him and says, Hey, what's what's going on? Then Noel runs out the door. Next thing you know, Lee is coming running in. Scott Glenn. Look Robert, yeah, Robert Lee comes in <coughs> and just starts pounding on Joaquin. Noel grabs Robin and hauls her out. 
So that's when you learn Noel has been a plant the entire time. Yep. And and he's just been there to spy on Joaquin at, at Robert Lee Robert E. Lee's orders. And so Noel's gone and Robert E. Lee uh, reveals to Joaquin that he's the one who booby trapped the the closet that killed Stoney. Yeah, so he's a murderer. Yeah, so he's he is, and and that basically, I don't know if he reveals it here or later, sort of in the elevator, where he's basically saying like, "I was you, you know, when I was younger. Like I was doing what you're doing now, you know." Yeah, so it was a much more brutal game, I guess. I I have some of that dialogue, and in fact, maybe if we could find that clip, oh my gosh, it's a great speech. But I do yeah. want to back up one second just to ask you: okay. Did you did you pick up on the uh, the fact that Noel was undercover, or was that a surprise to you? That was a total surprise to me. Me too. In the pool room. Made yeah. total sense, and I, I like that. I, because right. that then made me okay with what I saw as maybe weakly motivated allegiance to Joaquin on his behalf, you know? Yes. Um, and I just, I just thought it was a cool choice, and it was a cool character, again, like that character and the guy's performance. Um, it was an interesting guy to put in that role of being a mole because – you know, I, I'm sure, like, if there were backstory on this character, maybe that's in the novel would be kind of interesting. It's like, yeah, just imagining, like, this is the ultimate assignment for a guy like that in non-wartime military, right? Oh, yeah. On, in a base in Germany. Right. And then, like, the reality is, like, oh, my God, like, it's so worse than what he had possibly could have imagined with people oh, getting dying. And then, yeah, Robert E. Lee blowing up Stoney. And then, you know, as soon as he takes Joaquin out of that pool, like, Anna Paquin is saying, like, you know, where is he taking Joaquin? He's like, he's taking him to the stockade to arrest, you know, to arrest him. And she's like, no, you idiot. The stockade's the other way. He's going to kill him, you know, yeah. which, again is an interesting daughter-father relationship that she yes. would intuit that um, from her dad. Yeah. Lovely, uh, lovely Scott Glenn there. So let me ask this. Did you understand the whole thing about Robert E. Lee killing Stoney? No, not at all. Yeah. I couldn't tell I, you I, I had I to go back and piece all that together. I, I, didn't, I didn't remember that character as being Stoney. I mean, Stoney was killed... A ways back before this happened. Yeah. So and, he's you know, killed, honestly, and I was kind of like, what? Who yeah. did that? And I figured maybe it was Saad, but I was like, why? A lot of, you know, a big problem was, yeah, a lot of those minor characters like Stoney, like Garcia, um, Pena's character, yeah. they just don't get enough screen time or really sort of like, I just, maybe they just don't have enough do to really stand out in a way that. Yeah, you completely feel like you know who they are, even or yeah. what they're doing, or kind of all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I, I don't know why Robert Lee would have felt like he had to kill that guy, other than maybe he was hoping it would have been Joaquin that opened that closet. Finding out who Robert E. Lee is at the end, I kind of feel like he felt like he couldn't go wrong. Basically, like it might kill. Joaquin oh, I don't think and, he. Yeah, he didn't give it to him. If it kills any of his friends, that's great too. You yeah. know, because I'm just gonna you know take everything out on him. So yeah, it took me like at, at that point in the movie, I did not understand what what was going on with that particular thing. Right, and well, and here is what Robert E. Lee says about himself to Joaquin as they're taking the elevator up to I guess mm-hmm. the set. Well, it's like the third story or whatever of the building where they're cooking the heroin in. He said, you want to hear the secret of Vietnam? The secret of Vietnam is simple. I loved it. The whole damn thing was nothing but fun. I'm just being honest. And goes on from there. And it, that, that speech was pretty fantastic. And yeah, 
horrifying. Like, um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's painting a very kind of clear picture of, of this guy as, you know, someone who probably walked into Vietnam and, and lost his marbles a little bit and never recovered and was always kind of, um, looking for some way to get back in the sense of, uh, you know, that type of action uh, or that yeah. type of life or death c- circumstances. And obviously there was, there were none to be found outside of that, you know, in the, in the late eighties yeah, military. In, yeah. yeah. In, in Germany where they were at, um, except for the heroin guy who's dating your daughter, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. You get this nice little elevator ride up um, to this third story where you're kind of, wondering which one is going to win and i guess a little conflicted about who to even root for i think at that point i will say yeah i did actually hope joaquin maybe would make it out alive um, or at least something mainly because anna paquin wants him to i guess maybe you know or because robert lee was slightly worse of a person well you know comfortably worse. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think Joaquin killed anybody that I can completely... Yeah, he didn't want to kill anybody yeah. that Remember? wasn't a direct threat to him uh, anyway. Yeah. So there's so something you to be said for that. Right, and you get this parallel action where, um, I don't know, like, are they, like, just other soldiers right. that storm the cooking party and are, well, and like... I, I think they're a part of Noel, too. For they're some reason, I think Noel. Noel knows about that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so these guys storm in, and they're going to shut down this whole operation. Everybody's under arrest. But because everyone's so high <laughs> from all the fumes, well, it turns into is, a yeah. huge gunfight. And again, it felt like something that this would be funny in another movie. And here, it's just, it's it just feels like, oh, God, like, this is really bad. Yeah. I mean, the guys, these soldiers have, like, their machine guns pointed at these guys, and Saad is kind of, like, lumbering around, and you see his POV, and, like, his vision is blurry. I mean, like, but so, you know, the guy is telling him to stand down, stand down. He can't see straight. It's not, you know, doesn't know what's going on, is out of his mind, and he fires his weapon. Huge gunfight breaks out, right? And yep. so all parties are shooting at each other. Um, I think maybe at this point, fires have started to happen because no one is regulating the, yeah. te- the temperature of the cookers. And Somebody hits a valve as they're running yeah, by, like and that. fire starts spewing out of all the <clears throat> the cookers. And yeah, Scott Glenn has uh, Joaquin in, in in a room. He opens a window. Scott Glenn hoists Joaquin up. Puts him on the window, like basically he's gonna throw him out the window. Kill him. Not yeah, unlike I mean, not unlike what they did to the dead guy at the beginning. Absolutely. And and just as he's doing this, Noel runs in with the gun, telling Scott Glenn to stop. Uh yeah. because yeah, Noel, despite everything, Noel is is a straight arrow. And Well, know, he at least, I guess you could say, technically, physically does have a heart in his body. Whereas right. the rest of them I'm just not sure about. <laughs> yeah. He may be struggling a bit, but he's still, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's still, yeah, he's still kind of got it. And uh, so there's a very short sort of standoff there. Then all the heroin blows. The explosion, uh, I guess, kills Noel, but at least knocks him down. Did he get a shot off first? I couldn't remember. Did he I, actually shoot Lee or not? I don't think he, I don't think he did get a shot okay, off. Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember. As I remember, but, but then the explosion also starts to knock, 
uh, Joaquin out the window and he throws his arms over Scott Glenn's neck and they both go out the window and they fall through a wall of flame and, and, and it's, we're brought back to him falling when he's asleep. There's a bit of uh, VO there that I don't remember as well. I wrote, not the hell even sure what the voiceover is about. So that's yeah. what I remember. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, the only thing I really remember from that moment is Scott Glenn's face being very squinched up like this. Yep. And, then, and then me just trying to puzzle out how they shot it, because clearly they shot it against a green screen or something. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and just wondering what that must have been like, where he's just like this. And I, so, and that's my thoughts totally went there. And then, and then Joaquin lands on him and then bam, eight months later. Right. Is the card that comes up. So Noel is dead. I mean, that's, we're, we're assuming Noel. I'm assuming, I'm assuming everybody everybody else from that building is dead. Yeah. Except for Anna Paquin, who was outside and Joaquin. Which, she was in the car right out front, right? She was, yeah. Well, but, but. Not that it should matter. I have no idea how explosions work, really. I know. But she was off to the side. I don't. I think she would have survived for sure. Right. Yeah. She seemed far well, enough. She away does. Not, yeah. She probably got so, a bill um, wrong a little bit. Yeah. Right. Eight months later, where Eight are we? Eight months later, we're in Hawaii, a base in Hawaii. We've got another sort of Rube Completely. base commander. Yep. And and he's he's looking. We're looking at Joaquin's medals that he got for service uh, medal. Yeah. For for what? It's a service medal. It's service medal, yeah. They talk about how Robert E. Lee posthumously got the silver star. I guess it was played up as if they were trying to stop this heroin situation that was going on. Uh, well, in Stars and Stripes, they reported it as a gas explosion. He read about it in, in Stars and Stripes. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Oh, and so Robert E. Lee saved Joaquin. I guess, yeah. That's kind of what they played it out to be. Yeah. So, and yeah, Joaquin's got a huge brace on his leg. His face is all cut up, but he's... He's healing. He's in this beautiful place, and we and he talks about how his sweetheart's at college. His sweetheart being Anna Paquin, and she'll be coming to visit him in a while. Yep. And we end with the commander sitting down and looking over some some requisites, and he says, uh, he says, uh, a thousand gallons of mop and glow. <laughs> you know what that is this for? Like a lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot. And he Gosh. says, well. Godliness is, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. And that's the same line that uh, Joaquin used on uh, Berman in the beginning. And that's the exact the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is the end. And that is the end. And how um, did that sit with you as an ending? Uh, it was, I mean, it was a fine ending. Uh, it, was, it was probably the, the more of the ending that I would want than anything else. Um, uh, I, because... I don't know. Like honestly, all the stuff about the Berlin Wall and what, what, what else was it? There was something else that kind of ran through the whole thing. That once we got to the end, I kind of felt like, did we just kind of let those things go? Like, did the did, did did any of that matter? Like, what was the? But anyway, uh, the weapons. The I mean, yeah, yeah. And this, this is another area where I'm just like, how in the world would some of that not come out if you have this massive explosion this many people died there would be a military investigation now sure they may prop robert e lee up as a hero in that but come on like the heroine's not going to come out joaquin's not going to be traced to that and so i mean well it, it it certainly seems it certainly seems uh um implausible that 
uh, yes, that, that 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 much heroin and that much that all those chemicals would cause that huge explosion, and there would be no difference between that and a gas explosion. Yeah, and leaving your oven on. Right. Um, well, but it was. It, it sort not of only was that, a gas explosion. Oh, it definitely was a gas explosion, but... But, but yeah, but you still are going to find tons of bodies and all the trash cans and, like, a, <laughs> a lot of evidence of the setup. I mean, uh, unless... Not I mention, can't imagine that the fire's going to burn so hot, it's going to yeah. burn all that stuff to ash, and you never find it. Not to mention a lot of beef. All that beef they bought. There's a lot of <laughs> well-done burgers. Is that is that a satisfying conclusion for that character that's the thing i i I don't think that there is i mean i mean the 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 other way that you go is that he gives up all his con man ways and what he's he's settled at home with anna paquin and they're why not send him to jail where he should have gone in the first place he knew that jail would be safer than the military but no i mean i mean how would you how would you get to the point where he goes to jail and that's a satisfying ending like i kind of feel like like once you get to that ending, and Scott Glenn is is so much more horrible than he is, and wants to kill him, and Anna Paquin wants him to live. What if? Okay, what about this? What if Noel had shot them both? Okay, he takes off with Anna Paquin. They move to Hawaii, yeah. and then they uh, they make the movie uh, Aloha. Yes, that explains a lot. <laughs> no, um, uh, 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 actually, that that would be that would absolutely be a satisfying ending. That'd uh, be cool, uh, huh? Sean. Because yeah, I mean that that would be maybe the bleakest thing of all. It's like the idea then being everybody has this this ability to be bad, this ability to make bad choices to profit themselves, and Noel has just gotten to the point where he realizes, oh, this is an opportunity. Yep. He kills those two guys, and yeah, walks off into the sunset somehow. I mean, once everything blows and, up, and that's there's guy, nothing for anyone to, to profit from. So you'd have to like right. change the blowing up part. But I mean, otherwise. I think it would have worked too because, again, with a movie where everybody is so unlikable, I think you could get away with Noel doing an unlikable thing and having it feel satisfying because of what you've... Pre- he's not who you previously thought he was. Right. Right? Whereas... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm trying to, you know, again, I think my takeaway from this was learning specifically about like and thinking about writing unlikable characters and how some movies pull that off in a way that I think is awesome. You know, like yeah. even you could look at like uh, Clockwork Orange or something um, and, and, and a movie like this didn't quite do it for me. And I, I do wonder if it maybe it is about, maybe it culminates in the fact that it ends with with Joaquin getting away without any sort of um, uh, retribution, I guess. My takeaway, yeah, is, is, is thinking about things like that, thinking about things like adaptation and tone, um, definitely tone, and, and trying to play dark comedy and, and, and the, the good ways of doing that and, and, the, and the real difficulty involved in that. Yeah, I mean, Noel's really good. Uh, I mean, Scott Glenn is doing his normal thing. Yeah, it it really uh, it it was odd, you know. Uh, Ed Harris and and Dean Stockwell and the other fella uh, who uh, played Marshall. That whole subplot yeah. felt like a like a really completely different movie. Like yeah, that was absolutely. a very different kind of tone happening there. Um, that also that, felt to that me also like- I don't know how much 
brought to the movie overall. Yeah, I honestly like if you if you moved that to uh, England and that was like John Cleese and like <laughs> yeah, you know, two other British dudes, totally different. I think yeah. for whatever reason. And like I can see those sort of same scenes playing out and being much funnier, uh, much drier, and and um, it being its own movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's watch that movie. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, and we could also call it Buffalo Soldiers. I think. Uh, what do you think about that sort of decision to to move this post nine eleven? Um, you know, it's obviously it's easy in hindsight to kind of look at it and say, uh, I don't. Is there really anything in this movie that? somebody would have just like sat down and burst into tears watching, you know, well, that they would have made them think about nine 11 whatsoever. Um, no, well, I, I don't even think it's that. I, I, I think it's mainly that nine 11 happened and everyone was rah, rah America. And, and yeah, there, there was such uh there was, there was such a groundswell for the U S military. Yeah, I think you're, you're right about I that. I think it was mainly they just didn't want to have a critical something critical of the U.S. military then because people were not in the mood. <laughs> that was not. No, I guess I guess yeah. so. Like, yeah, I don't I don't have a great sense of of remembering that, but I, I do think you're right. Um, I do I still people, kind of feel like it's it's kind of a long shot to think that that would prevent this movie from making money. Yeah, it's critical, but I mean, at the same time, like, do you look at that and say that's what every base is like? that's what every soldier is like? Or do you think that's what happened in Germany in 1989? I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's very specific, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, Craig, I think next time it's high time we do another listener suggestion. What do you say? Absolutely. We have the best listeners and their yeah. suggestions are just the best. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, this one, uh, I think we're both pretty darn excited to watch this. What we're going to do is we're going to check out a movie called Hail Caesar. And this is not the Coen Brothers movie that's coming out, although obviously I want to see that too. This is the 1994 comedy directed by and starring one Anthony Michael Hall. I did not know he ever directed a movie. Did you? I did not. Uh, I was a big fan of his uh, movies in the 80s. Uh, 16 Candles, Weird Science. Ah, the best. Um, Breakfast Club. Uh, Breakfast Club, yes, of course. He was in another movie called uh, Johnny B. Good. Did you see a that movie? A movie chance? called Johnny B. Good, yes. But, but this one I've never heard of, and, and so I'm excited to see exactly uh, what he did. Yeah, and so this was suggested by Nancy Putnam. Nancy, thank you. We are excited to check it out. Um, I think you're going to have to find it on DVD if you're looking for it. Uh, but go see it and join us next time, and we'll dive right in and see what Mr. Mr. Hall uh, accomplished here in his directorial debut. Absolutely. Until then, uh, enjoy yourselves. That's it. Mm-hmm.